You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 177, Tips for Recruiting Volunteers. You know, no pastor, no leader has ever said, I've got too many volunteers. I don't know what to do with all of them. Now, the reality is we, we all need more people. We all, if you've got any kind of organization at all, um, any kind of growing, thriving organization, church or volunteer organization, you know you always need more people to make things happen. So I'm going to give you five tips for recruiting volunteers. Um, maybe uh, maybe these will be helpful to you and maybe give you some things to think about that you may not have thought about before on this important subject. Some of the material that I'm going to be using will actually come from one of our resource highlights. It's Amplified Leadership by Dan Ryland. Pastor Ryland is the executive pastor of 12 Stone Church near Atlanta, one of the fastest growing churches in the U.S., a really good church, and uh, we've got uh, many friends that go there, and it's a you know, very influential church in our community. But you know, it, it's such a good book. We actually, our pastor, um, you put put the entire leadership team through that book earlier this year. So, very very good book. But I'll mention it again at resource highlights. So, tips for recruiting volunteers. Number one, focus on discipleship and not just filling slots. Another way that we could say this is focus on the individual that you're trying to recruit and not just recruiting them to do a job. You know, Jesus commanded us as leaders. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of everybody. He didn't command us to go and make volunteers. He didn't even command us to go and make Christians. He commanded us to go into all the world and make disciples. So as leaders, when we are uh, attempting to to pull other people into our influence, and when we're attempting to uh, enlarge the team so that we can accomplish more, we can't just focus on filling slots. We want to focus on the individual and helping them to grow. And so, as leaders, this has to be part of our mindset. We have to really care about that person that we're trying to recruit, so that we can help them become the disciple that God wants them to be. So whatever that looks like in your organization, there needs to be some type of ongoing process where that person is growing. Not just necessarily growing in whatever department they're in, but growing to be a better person. We don't want just people to come into our organizations or to come into our department and just to be able to do a really good job. 
we want them to become better people. We want them to become better Christians, and we want them to see how uh, what they're doing in our department or on our team is helping them to grow into that role. So focus on discipleship, not just filling slots. Number two, share the vision, not the task. You know, if I if I walk up to you and I say, hey, listen, you know, we need some some ushers. Would you consider being an usher? You know, I may get a mixed reaction depending on, on who I'm talking to. You might see a need and you may say, well, yeah, you know, they need me, so I'll jump in and I'll help. Or if you said, if I said something like, listen, our service teams are probably the, uh, the biggest unsung heroes in our church. Really, if it wasn't for the service teams, nothing in our church would happen on a Sunday morning. Uh, our service teams are the people, the men and women, who make everything happen in the service. And it's such an important role, and I think that you would fit in so well in, in this important job. Now, sometimes it can be a little bit high stress. Sometimes, you know, uh, there's, there, there's a lot of activities and there's a lot of things going on on a Sunday morning. There's a lot of moving parts. But you seem like the kind of person who would really fit in to this role. I think most people would find that a more compelling ask than to just say, hey, listen, we need people on our, our, our service team or we need more ushers. You know, if I if I come to you and I say, hey, listen, we need pe- we need help in our kids' ministry, would you consider that? Well, if you're a parent and if you've got kids, or even if you don't, you might say, Well, you know, you know, they need me, so I will consider that. Or if I come to you and I say, Listen, I've got an opportunity for you. This isn't for everybody. But if you've got a heart for children and for helping us mold the next generation of Christians, the next generation of disciples, if you've got a heart to help kids find Christ at a young age and to help them understand what the Christian life looks like in the context of their uh, own particular age group, would you consider joining our team? Or... Maybe you're recruiting for, for a parking lot team. Uh, you know, working in the parking lot's not real sexy. You help people park cars. You help them get inside. Maybe you, you know, have umbrellas out there if it's raining and help people get inside without getting too wet. You know, and I can just say, hey, listen, we need people in the parking lot. Would you mind helping us? Would you join our team? Uh, that's not a really good, a good ask. But if I come and I say, listen, we've got a team of people and they're really one of the most important teams in our church because they're the first people that people see when they pull into our parking lot. They're the first people that smile at them. They're the first people that tell them good morning. They're the first person, the first person that welcomes them to church. And you seem like the kind of person who would fit in with this team. Uh, I think you know you'd be a really good fit. I mean, it's important because again, people form their first impressions based on our church. But you seem like the exact person who would be able to help give people a great first impression of our church. So we're sharing the vision, not the task. So so far, we focused on focusing on discipleship and not just filling slots, sharing the vision and not the task. But now I want to share two resource highlights, and then I've got three other tips to share with you. The first resource highlight is this. It's my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. 
This is a, a fast-moving leadership book. And when I say fast-moving, the chapters are all short and immediately actionable. I designed it that way. I want you to be able to read a chapter, think about it, and, uh, and immediately put some things into practice. It focuses on leadership. It's for the supervisor, the manager, the leader. But it's also got so much great information on time management and personal productivity. So there'll be a link in the show notes at davidspell.com. Check it out. But also, a bonus resource highlight is the book that I mentioned at the, the top of the show, Amplified Leadership by Dan Ryland. This is a fantastic book, and one of the things Dan focuses on in the book, one of the primary things he focuses on, is uh, recruiting, retaining, and training new leaders. So this is an excellent leadership resource. Again, our team at C3 Church Atlanta went through it earlier this year. Fantastic book. It will really help you in your leadership book. Again, there'll be a link in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. got three more tips to share with you. Number three is this. When we're trying to recruit people, when we're trying to get them to to join our department or join our team, communicate your expectations clearly and candidly. Communicate your expectations clearly and candidly. Is this an every Sunday job? You'd be surprised how many times uh, people are asked to volunteer for something and they just assume that they're going to be expected to work in this role forever and ever till Jesus comes back. Amen. Uh, maybe especially somebody that may not have a church background, you're asking them to do a job and they may assume that this is an every Sunday job. If that's not the case, what are the requirements? What are your expectations? Is it one Sunday a month? Is it two Sundays a month? How is that going to work? Is there going to be training involved? Is there going to be an expense for the person? You know, in, in, in every uh, church where, where, where people work with children, they're required or should be required to have a criminal background check uh, before they're allowed to work with children. Uh, is the individual going to be required to pay for that? In 90% of the cases, that is the, the case. In some places, the church may pay for it, but most of the time... It's going to be an expense that that individual is going to have to to, to pay for. Um, So what are your expectations and what are going to be the expectations that you have of this person? What are they going to be required to do? Um, It may be as simple as, listen, we need you you to help on a service team one service a month. Or maybe, maybe you have multiple services and you may ask them to serve twice a month. But either way, let them know ahead of time what it's going to involve. If there's training involved, tell them up front. Yes, there's training involved. To give you an example, we have a a safety and security team at C3 Church Atlanta. There are very, there's a very um, specific, uh, there's very specific guidelines that they have to uh, fulfill before they can be on that team. And, and part of it inc- includes taking a course that may cost them $150, and that's at their own expense. So I communicate that up front. If they're interested in being a part of a team, this is what they have to do. And then I, I let them know up front that they're going to be asked to serve. We have uh, two Sunday morning services, and I ask them to serve twice a month. And they can do that 
uh, on two different Sundays, one service each, or they can serve on one Sunday, two services. Um, but I let them know up front that that's what the expectation is. And there may be times when we have special events, conferences or whatever, and they may be asked to serve a little bit more. There's also, for, for that particular team, there's also a once-a-month training event. And, you know, we try not to use two people time up. You know, we try to use their time wisely, but we do have to, you know, stay, um, stay up to date with our training. And so we'll train, you know, an hour, two and a half, and a half a month in, in various things. So what I do is I actually communicate those expectations verbally when the person asks about the team. And then I send them a, a, a pre-written email that I have, I just cut and paste, that outlines what those expectations are and what they're going to be required. So communicate your expectations clearly and candidly. And then if it seems like, this is number four, if it seems like the person is interested, ask for a commitment. Don't just say, hey, listen, you know, go off and think about it and come back in a couple of months. Ask them, is this something that you think you'd be interested in doing? If it is, let's get you signed up. Let's make it official. Let me put you on the paperwork so that, and let me schedule your first time to serve, or let me schedule you for training. Um, you know, sometimes we, this is kind of where we fail because we say, hey, listen, this is what I'd, I'd love for you to do. We, we, we share the vision, not the task. They get excited. We communicate our expectations clearly and candidly. And then we say, yeah, so, you know, if that sounds interesting to you, just, you know, get back with me and let me know. Instead of saying, hey, listen, is this something that you think you would like to do? And if they say, you know, I think it is, then get their contact information and put them on the schedule. Um, they've just told you yes. Now you've got a new volunteer. Now, they may later think about it and say, oh, you know, I'm not sure I'm able to. Now, that's fine. But most people, if they say, you know what, I really am interested, and, and you say, well, look, let me get you on the schedule, that's awesome. Now you've got a new recruit. You've got somebody else to help you. And then number five, just recap, we've talked about focusing on discipleship and not just filling slots. That's, you know, making sure we take care of the individual. Sharing the vision and not just the task. We've talked about communicating expectations clearly and candidly. And then we've said that we need to ask for a commitment. This is not the time we beat around the bush. This is the time when we we close the deal. Would you like to be on this team? Would you like to join us? Can I count on you? Can I, can I put you on the roster? And you get their details and you do it. And then number five, don't recruit them and leave them. I've heard so many horror stories where people are asked to serve in a particular area, and then they're just kind of thrown to the wolves. Um, somebody was telling me recently they were asked to serve um, in, in the kids' ministry in the middle school, and, and they did it because they've got a big heart, and they care, and they said, yes, I'd love to serve. And essentially their training was they were given a, a packet of curriculum and said, you know, be in the class, you know, Sunday morning at 9.15, and they were in there by themselves with 10 middle schoolers. That's that's really, that's rough. That's, you know, that's the kind of thing some people would need therapy after. Um, we don't recruit people and leave them. We walk with them along the journey. And their first few times that they're serving in their particular role, they need to have somebody alongside them. And, you know, honestly, one, one person in, in a classroom for, for, for middle schoolers, is should is, that should be illegal. You should at least have two or three people in there anyway. 
But, you know, and that's where, again, why we need more volunteers. But you as the leader should make sure that you're with them at least that first time or two to help them, to answer their questions, to support them, to pat them on the back, to tell them they're doing great, and then follow up with them. Follow up and, and, and make sure everything's going okay. Remember the goal here, like we said at the beginning, it's on discipleship, not just filling slots. So you as the leader, you you have a role to follow up with that person and check on them and make sure they're growing, make sure they've got everything that they need. Um, we never just throw people to the wolves or to the middle schoolers. We we make sure that they have um, you know the support they need, the resources that they need. And, and, you know, it, it may fall on us as the leader to be in that classroom with them, you know, a few times. And that, that may not be what you want to do. That's why you recruited them. But listen, you will lose that person if you don't support them. So make sure they've got everything that they need. Don't recruit and leave them. Follow up with them. Send them a text. Send them an email. Hey, how'd it go? What can I help you with? You got any questions? Make sure they feel that you are there for them and that uh, you haven't just recruited them and, and now you're going to just kind of forget about them. Um, they, re- they, they responded to your invitation, so make sure you keep the open door of communications with that person. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear what you think. We've shared five tips on recruiting volunteers. What are some other things? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. I'll send you my blog post. I'll send you a subscribers-only newsletter once a month. It's a great way for us to stay in touch, and I promise I'll never give your email address away. It's just a way for us to communicate. Well, friends, thanks for being with me today. And until next time, keep recruiting volunteers.